You ready? All right, yo, what's up? It's your boy D Starks, artist. You're now tuned in uh, to the Just Different podcast where we talk everything faith, life, and culture. We back again, yeah. episode 140 on this Friday. Jordan's still stuck in Texas in H Town, but I'm ready to get into it. No, <laughs> I love it here. You know, like whenever you take a trip, I feel like. I'm in this position a lot where I'm going somewhere and just continuing to delay my flight <laughs> day after day. Because I really rock with you it. Know? I want to go home. Exactly. Exactly. No, I never want to come back to Louisville. No, so at this point, anywhere, anytime I go anywhere, I'm just booking one way. Yeah. But no, I'm excited to get into this conversation. As always, last episode, we talked about making god known which is a big highlight from the two conferences that we had the privilege of being at last week and today the thought that came to my mind that also stemmed from a lot of what we heard and conversations that were had was really false humility and basically understanding who you really are in god Mm -hmm. And not having this notion that walking in your authority and being humble are mutually exclusive. Because essentially, humility is having the proper view of yourself. So it's not looking at yourself any higher or lower than how God sees you or who you really are. So we understand when you're looking at yourself higher than who you really are, that's when you move into pride, arrogance, narcissism, and putting yourself above God, essentially. But something that is not always mentioned, recognized, or talked about is sometimes we can be in positions where we're looking at ourselves lower than who God sees us. And that's when we're operating in false humility. Mm-hmm. So this is just insecurity, self-doubt, and uncertainty on what you were called to do and ultimately who you are in Christ. And so a lot of what I was really gaining from last week was understanding that you can walk into the authority that God gives you and still remain humble. And the reason that you can do that is you can recognize that the authority that you have access to and that you're walking in doesn't come from you. And that's the balance of how those two can coexist. But we can never get into a place where, of course, we always talk about not looking at ourselves higher than we are, but we can't ever think we're noble and looking at ourselves lower, being very passive in who we are and who God's called us to be and not fully walking into that and taking up our space. And so we have to have a proper view, essentially, of how God sees us. And if he is the king, right, and we're sons and daughters of him, then we should operate in that particular role and not be shy about that. And Mike Todd mentioned this in the episode that we did that I was just going back through again. And he said that you're not normal, you're royalty. Mm -hmm. And so that is such, I feel like a significant part of our walk. And I myself have maybe even watered down a lot of what I believe that I can achieve in terms of what I know God's called me to in the effort of trying to be humble or noble in like my pursuits. 
which is admirable, but it's put me in a position where I've almost felt discouraged because I'm just operating lower than what he's called me to do and what I actually have access to. And so I've wrestled with that back and forth, especially this year, because I'm someone who dreams big and I want to change the world and have all of these crazy ideas and desires, ambitions and accolades I want to reach. But understanding how do I crucify these and take these to the cross and never make these the idol above God or make those things feel as if I can do it without him. Mm. And, you know, so I believe that there is um, a healthy balance of those of those sentiments and ambition isn't inherently wrong within itself. Like there is such thing as having a godly ambition Mm -hmm. that is driven by his heart and what he wants and doing it, as we mentioned in the last episode, to make his name known. And I believe that's the same thing when we talk about humility too, is walking in the authority that I've been given and who I am in the totality thereof, because I know where it comes from. I'm not, this is not coming from myself or my own ego. This is what I know God has said Mm -hmm. that I am, and I'm not going to live below that. And so that was crazy last week. For sure. I felt like a lot of messages were just hitting toward that specifically, and it's really been changing my perspective. Yeah, I, I think that was so good when he was talking about that and it hit home because I think that's something that I've personally dealt with and struggled with a lot is. And like you said, it's, it's, it's like, uh, the heart is right. Like you just want to make sure that you're not doing anything wrong. You know what I mean? And you want to make sure that you're not being prideful and you want to make sure that you're not being self-righteous and it comes from that place, but it kind of also diminishes your position. And I think, the enemy is very intentional about that and trying to convince us that our position as sons and daughters is inherently arrogant when it's not. It's just like, like you're saying, it's about like, what's, what's the heart behind it? What's the heart behind it? I was reminded of um, the verse in Philippians two. It talks about um, Philippians two verse five. It says, adopt the same attitude as that of Jesus Christ who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. And I like the word exploited that it uses. So it's saying, one, have the same mindset as as Jesus Christ did, who he existed in the form of God. Like he walked in that, he existed in it, he walked in it, he understood it, but he didn't see it as something to be exploited. And and even deeper than that, the perspective I've kind of taken on it is, is he understood who he was, but he wasn't trying to make sure everyone else did if that makes sense like he was so he was firm in who he was and he knew that but he it wasn't coming from a place of like you guys need to know who i am i think that's where the arrogance comes in i, th- I think that's a part that's mm-hmm. a part of it but what the verse is saying is like he existed in the form of god he walked in it but he didn't consider it something to be exploited or to be taken advantage of or to hype himself up or i mean you see that in his actions when they were coming to him and trying to make him king and he was like nah you see what I'm saying? Like he knew he who he was. He wasn't trying to project that on anyone else. Like, and I think that's where a lot of us may, you know, kind of get into the arrogance is when it's like, I need y'all to know who I am, and it's like now nah, recognizing who you are and walking into that, and and not being afraid to shy away from it. And I was, I was, there's this verse I've been meditating on, and I and I wrote it in 
the verses that I'm reading through every single day, Second Timothy three three five, and it talks about people like having a form of godliness but denying its power. It says have nothing to do with such people. They are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control of women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth, right? So it speaks of people having a form of godliness but denying its power. And I think that's something that can happen with this conversation when you're trying to run away from arrogance so much, like you you have this power that you're denying, right? This power that you could be walking into that you're not. So I think that's that's an important pitfall to recognize and to and to not to not fall into it. Yeah, so back to Jesus because I've been revisiting the chosen and watching that here recently. And so, of course, I think that it apparent in this portrayal and then more specifically, of course, in the Bible and the accounts of the gospel, you see him walking in his authority. But to your point, it's not something that he exploits. So it's it's powerful to me that you see him in his early stages of his ministry. He's healing people and he's telling them to not go and say Mm -hmm. anything or speaking to the fact that his time has not yet come. And so understanding that once you have authority and understanding of who you are, you don't need to project it on other people. Mm -hmm. And then second, also coming to terms with the fact that it's not yours Mm -hmm. and doesn't come from you. And I think that staying in that place and just having that acknowledgement and walking in that is going to always keep you at this equilibrium, like of what we call humility. Mm -hmm. It's because like, all right, I'm stepping into this because it's been given to me, but it's not because of anything I could have done and or did. And I'm very, very clear on who the source is. So that was one of the, one of the first things. And then that was really stemmed from a bit of Charles Metcalf. He preached a message that completely tore the roof off yeah. of that conference, mm-hmm. that second session, I believe. And it was just tied. It was entitled God chose me. Right. And that within itself was insane. But something that I wanted to mention that I thought was so good. I, I think it was Mike that said this. There were, the messages were happening like within two days. It's also like I don't I don't remember exactly what said it. I have it in my notes, but I don't have time to find it. He was he was talking about how anytime you you don't walk into the dominion that God has given you or that position that we're kind of talking about, you're grieving the spirit. And I was like, dang, I never thought about it like that. But you really are. Any any time that you're outside of God's will in general, you are grieving the spirit. But I think. We sometimes we don't recognize being out of position as being out of his will, but but it's just it's just as detrimental as sinning, right? Like if anyone knows the good they ought to do but doesn't do it, it's sin for them, right? So it's like you should be walking into that position. Any time that you're not, you're grieving your spirit. I think that whole idea has been sitting with me heavily, and, and really thinking like, dang, like think think about a moment that you were really grieved, like something happened and you were just really hurt. It's like you're that's the same feeling that God is feeling every time that you're failing to walk into the fullness of everything that he has for you. And that even speaks to his love. Like he loves you so much. Like when you're not taking the gift that he's giving you, it's like, dang, like it's hurting him. So it's like and also recognizing that it is a gift 
it's not something that you you have to work for or anything like it's it's a gift you just got to open it and accept it um but I, I did like that like you're grieving the spirit and i think that's something that we do have to recognize anytime that you are you're failing to do that yeah i think it just comes to being cl- so close to god's heart that that's felt yeah if that makes sense i think i've even this year been in positions in my life where i was living below that mm. or just out of position in disobedience going down a very different path than what God desired for me. And although sometimes we can recognize or maybe hear, Oh, like that is something that could grieve him or actually is. It's not always felt. Right. And I think that again, like I think this past week, it just, it, it brings you back to remembrance to these things. And it gives you a new perspective on that because man, I was just having this conversation and when it comes to grief, mm. like that is such a strong Very, emotion. Yeah. And to just know that that is how God feels toward right. us, not in terms of disappointment, but in terms of what he knows we have access mm-hmm. to that we just are saying that we don't want and we don't want to accept. Like you said, it, that is love. It's, it's almost it, it's saddening, but simultaneously mm-hmm. beautiful yeah. that he wants yeah. that much for us mm-hmm. to even feel that way mm-hmm. um, and continue to convict us to push us toward where we really need to go. And so at times in your moments in your life, you'll feel that righteous conviction to have an urgency or to right. take action, be assertive be initiative mm-hmm. toward a diff, uh, a particular direction and that's God telling you there is more right. I need you to move um, I need you to take action on this um, don't lie idle mm-hmm. in, in what is now because th- there's a lot that I'm trying to get to you and, and that you can step into exactly and so even understanding those cues and listening to them is it, is always super important mm-hmm. I was thinking about kind of so so in our in our context in terms of like where we live in the states so we haven't grown up in a kingdom before so we don't necessarily have as much context for it but i think the closest thing and in, in parallels that you do see is in in our government and in, in a way like how you have a it's different it's very different but i think in terms of like kind of like the position and and somewhat the order of things it, it kind of lines up so i was thinking about this idea of like the kingdom and how we're like the representatives for the kingdom. Like we're sons and our daughters and like this idea of walking into position. And I was thinking about the president and I was like, cause I was also watching this movie, which that's besides the point, but it was about like the presidential thing. And it was like, there was a, it was the, um, maybe like the speaker of the house. And she was like traveling around, like going to all these different countries, trying to get them on board with everything. And I was like, dang, like imagine the president without any representatives like to go to all of these countries to speak to these people to get them on board with the plans and what's going on and it's like and like i i think even in a way like having the representatives is even a testament to your power and it's like without the representatives like what would that what would that look like and i was kind of just thinking Mm -hmm. it's the same way with god like it's so important which speaking to how it's so vital for each and every one of us who is listening to this all of us, it's so important that we walk into our positions because we are the representatives of, of the king. And something that was said that I wrote down is like every room and environment you walk into, there should be evidence that the king was there. And like that's 
that's our job and and that's the the weight of what we're supposed to be doing and the importance of it and it's like with, without that yeah i just think it's 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 we need to develop a deeper conviction for things like this you know because it's like I, I don't especially in my own life it hasn't been there but i've really been sitting on stuff like that like dang like no this is really important bro like I, I think we put in so so much weight and focus on sin and not sinning and like there's conviction there like when you sin there's conviction like oh dang that was bad but there's not conviction when i'm not walking to the fullness of my power why not right because that's just as important right but i think yeah we need to develop more of a conviction for it because that is is so vital in recognizing that but i just wanted to make that i just wanted to say that point like it's 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 important to recognize that and what was that because he no yeah what was that because i remember hearing right. that, every, that that was crazy every room environment or situation you walk into there should be evidence that the king was there there should be evidence mm-hmm. that the king was there I am something the that evidence what's that song <laughs> <laughs> what's that song they was killing that though <laughs> Yeah, was wait was that their song or was that a no, is no, that, that was, was that a cover? Or that was like else? a cover. I don't know whose song it is. But. Um, no, that was crazy. That was crazy. Okay, but uh, no, yeah, is is there evidence of the king? And this, yeah, I mean, this is very similar to an episode we did. I mean, dang, two years ago at this point, but does it look like heaven? Right. And something that I've always heard and taken with me is the fact that if it doesn't look like heaven, it's probably governed by hell. And so where's the evidence of him in our particular space mm-hmm. of influence? Mm-hmm. So when I when I mention changing the world, that seems like a very daunting task, right. almost improbable and a lot to tackle and take on. But I mean that for our individual selves. God has all given us our own individual quote unquote worlds right. to impact um in different spaces in a geographical sense, um, in different spaces on a in a space of influence when it comes to whether that be like media, tech, politics, uh, government, finance, education, fill in the blank. And yes, like he wants there to be evidence of him and who he mm-hmm. is everywhere. Everywhere. everywhere you know he he wants his name known and to be contaminated with his principles mm-hmm. and what the kingdom is and so yeah i i just i love that mm. i love that and it always yeah that always yeah then like that's crazy to think about like we're the evidence bro but taking a taking a little pivot here because this has nothing to do with what we've been talking about but <laughs> it was something that was said in one of the messages at the transformation conference and it was about accountability and i thought it was so good he said a lot of us are getting whooped behind closed doors because we have the option to hide and i was like i was like what bro yeah that was different because he was talking about that was that different. was mike as well he was talking about how every there, there's like seven people who have access to his instagram account like he was talking about that and he went to some other stuff but he was like bro like i haven't i i've eliminated the option to hide so it's like it's kind of like default accountability like it's not even something i necessarily have to seek out it's like i put up systems and things in place where it's like i don't even have the option to go you know be like promiscuous behind the scenes like i I don't even have the option to do that but so many of us are keeping the option there 
because I think there's like this subconscious, like I, I like I want to keep this here so I can run back to it. It's like, bro, you gotta mm-hmm. eliminate everything, right? I, I think a lot of us, a lot of us might eliminate the object itself, but we've left the option intact. If that makes sense, like it's like you've gotten free from this addiction or whatever it is, but it's like you still have that option or like you know. To, to go back to it if you really wanted to. And it's like, you no, know, you have to get rid of all of it entirely, not just the thing itself, but the option to even run back to it. The way, the road, you got to tear it up, bro. Like demolish it, whatever you need to do. And it's like... Yeah, so I mean, that that it looks like so many different things. Yeah. So, okay, I'm trying to stop smoking weed, mm-hmm. right? So I, I lay that down, but I have still kept the number the to contact, the dealer. right. Right in my phone, right? Okay, like I'm saying that I know I need to move on from this relationship mm-hmm. that's toxic and or not pushing me in where I need to go, but I still like ha- they still have access mm-hmm. to contact mm-hmm. me or X, Y, and Z, right? Like just leaving open doors, right? And to to your point, right, it's a lot easier to hide when you have the option to do so, yeah. And taking every precaution and every act to again, like you said, build up the exactly. Most. And it's like you can't you can't play the game without the arena. And it's like if Satan's arena is darkness and that's the realm in which he operates, you have to eliminate any arena in which he can even play the game. You see what I'm saying? So it's like putting everything into the light. So it's like what what is there for him to operate in? You know, so I, I just thought that bringing was good. everything to the I light. Just that was yeah, good, so that's huge, and I, I thought I thought that was good yeah. too. Just accountability, and I mean that takes humility as well, sure. just to be able to admit where you're at, where you're struggling, and where you want to be, yeah. and to put those things into place. That takes strength because we always don't want we sometimes want to we sometimes overlook the discipleship process of our walk with God mm-hmm. and understanding the cuts that come with yeah. that. And accountability is a part of what that cut looks like in terms of giving people access. Mm-hmm. They have the ability to critique and remind you of the standard you've set for yourself and the one that God wants from yeah. you. And you can't run from it anymore. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, whenever you're really stepping into accountability, you can't you can't hide, but you can no longer run. You have to face everything head on and step into it, even when you don't want to. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think an, another thing, and this is kind of shifting because I think everything I've been talking about so far has been coming from what I felt like I learned from Mike's message about like dominion and walking into that, but. Charles' message is like you like you mentioned about like God chose me. That was the t- title of his message, I believe. And I just I just think recognizing that does so many things on so many different levels. For one, it gives you confidence, but I think another way that it's been kind of refiguring my perspective is sometimes we live from this misconception that we choose God, or like we there is a choosing of God that needs to happen. But I think when we forget that he chose us, like his, it's like his will kind of seems more like an option instead of like final say, 
if that makes sense. Because it's, okay, so let me go find this verse. This is another verse I've been medita- meditating on. It says, it's John fifteen sixteen. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in, my, in the name of my father, I will give you. And it's like recognizing that God chooses you kind of eliminates like this, this like up in the air type of mentality about his will and the things that he's, he's walking you into. Cause it's like, no, like he chose me. This isn't, it's less of an option. Like, yes, we have free will to choose what we want to choose, but also recognizing this two way street. Like I, I gave him my yes, but ultimately he chose me. And, and it's even like, cause, because I think, there's even this 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 misconception and why it's important to recognize what I'm talking about. This is a misconception that if I'm not like totally in love head over heels with something that God's calling me into, then it must not be from him. But I think once you recognize like it's not it's not about me, which is what we just talked about in the last episode, and it's like he's choosing me to do this thing and he's choosing me to walk into this thing. It's less about how I feel about it, you know, and, and it's and it's less about it's less about me. So I think even the whole God chose me mentality is also pushing you into a place of like humility, right? And it's pushing you into a place of um not being so self not being so self-seeking, right? And and surrendering. It's like dang, like he he chose me. Not necessarily the other way around, but that's why I love that verse. Like, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you. I was like, dang, like that's just so I don't know. It just puts it in perspective, but I I, I really like that verse. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, no, that makes so much sense. And of course, it, naturally, it it's all comes full circle. But that gives you confidence and it keeps you humble. Yo, it is a privilege to be used mm-hmm. by God. And I know that he, with intention, right. by no mistake, chose me mm-hmm. to be a vessel. Right to be an ambassador, Mm -hmm. to be someone to affect change for his kingdom in the earth Mm -hmm. during this time when I was born for this family in this city, this country, by no accident. And and Mm -hmm. that empowers and emboldens you to want to go out and step into it, but simultaneously brings you to your knees Mm -hmm. to just say thank you. And worship praise and surrender to anything that he wants because i didn't choose myself mm-hmm. i didn't put myself on this particular path yeah. it was him that laid my feet right in this space right. and then ordered my steps from there and so yes it just supports the idea again you walk in your authority and being right. humble aren't mutually expu- exclusive. Right. They can coexist. And yes, that does something to how you're walking out. Just everything that you do. Right. Cause if God chose me, then all right, like no man can deny, mm-hmm. no man can stop, mm-hmm. cancel, disrupt and, or step in the way of what he wants to do. Right. right? And so that then helps you with the idea of criticism, public opinion, comments whatever whatever else anyone has to say why because god chose me Mm -hmm. i don't need to explain i don't need to 
give you a description on why mm-hmm. he simply chose me yeah and that's it yeah. and that's what he was speaking to in this message that i thought was so powerful mm-hmm. is sometimes i don't even understand it mm-hmm. and i don't get it and i don't know why and that's what keeps me humble but he chose me being <clears throat> being chosen makes you walk different and makes you feel loved, cared for, yeah. seen, valued. And especially when that comes from the God of the universe, that just brings an entirely new approach to how you're looking at life, yourself, and stepping into that. And I actually saw something today. It was a video. And they said that being loved and not fully known is superficial. Mm. But being fully known and not loved is our greatest fear. And Mm. when we think about how God sees us, our relationship with him, and how he is looking at us, we are both fully known in our entirety. Crazy. In terms of our worst mistakes, our best decisions, Mm -hmm. traits that we have that are self-deprecating and those that we absolutely love and adore, our mountains, our valleys. He fully knows all of these things and also fully loves us in our entirety. And hearing that just made me think of this conversation and what we're talking about. And yes, like that, that changes everything. And it it just, it just all continues to tie in and just like bring itself forward. But we are both fully known and fully loved in spite of anything Mm -hmm. um and being fully loved like that changes something in you to Mm -hmm. know that there's more and that there is value in who you are and what is next and being fully known also keeps you at a place of surrender realizing and recognizing that you could have done nothing to deserve this and you've done enough to disqualify yourself, mm-hmm. but God. Yeah. So, yes. I was thinking about this example when you were talking, which everything you said was really good. But I was thinking about how, I don't know, just just an example where say you're a basketball player and you get a scholarship from Duke University. And it's like, I think, I feel like this example to me kind of just perfectly emulates our relationship with God because it's like you're chosen by the school, Right like you like it and it and it it brings that like dang i'm seen i'm loved i'm wanted because i was chosen by the school and the school wanted me but you also have to say yes like you also have to accept and i think that's kind of also not kind of that is how it's how it is with god like everyone listening god chose you for a specific calling a specific purpose and you have to accept right this so-called like scholarship right in this example um so I don't know. I just, I just like that. I think that helps it. That that makes it. You know, put put it puts it in more perspective to me. Like that's 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 how. That's how it is with our relation in our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That's it right there. You got anything else? You wanted to add or that you had? Man. I think, no, not necessarily, but I did want to piggyback off of what I mentioned earlier about accountability. That was kind of like a, a side note. And 
not necessarily the, the meat of the conversation, but I did think it was really good. Just like eliminating the arena so the enemy can't even play, like eliminating the option to hide and, and the option to be behind closed doors. So I think that's that's something that that's a really good takeaway that I want people to get. Yeah. So just step into it. Mm-hmm. That's it. See yourself and strive to continue to see yourself yeah. in the way that God does. Yeah. And don't shy away or be wavering in that. Yeah. And don't believe that it is some arrogance and or pride to be completely who you were always supposed to be yeah. in his eyes. Yeah. That's it. That's it. So, yeah, man. Y'all know what it is. Enjoy your weekend. Stay you. Stay real. And stay humble. We'll catch y'all next week. Much love. Much love.